And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Hello, everyone, and welcome. <laughs> I know, Sorry. I know. Wait, can they see that too? This is, yeah, this is what's <laughs> on right now. So, hi. Welcome, everybody. We are live from the bunker. Jason Hunt here, along with James Hunt, the youngling, who's not really youngling anymore. I got to no. figure out something new to call you. I. Something, something for public consumption. Anyway, yeah. all right. So we are broadcasting live to uh, Odyssey, Facebook, and YouTube. I think. Anyway, what? You need to move that. You want to move that? I mean, it's a rough angle. It's uh, that's not even a that's not even an angle now. So. Hey, I look better in there than I do in the other shot. Nah, something like that. All right. <laughs> So, uh, I, I, I guess I should apologize and explain a little bit about this morning because we had put out the, the thing that I was not going, we were not going to have a show because I got called into work. <coughs> and that turned out not to be the case. <clears throat> Just because um, sometimes. Sometimes you get called in and you get paid to stand around. Sometimes you get called in and you end up spending the entire day doing something. Yep. I don't know. It's one of those things. But we are here and uh, discussing various different things. Uh, if you are listening to us on podcast, we're on a number of podcast players. We do invite you to check out the live video over on our video platforms. And, uh, of course, all the social medias and... Uh, video platforms and tip jar and subscribe star and the newsletter you can sign up over at sci-fi for me.com the link is also in the notes for every one of our shows so you can uh, find us over there and our email address live from the bunker at sci-fi for me.com if you want to suggest topics or uh, guests for us to invite people that you want us to to have on the show and we will uh we will take all of that into account. Want to say hi to uh, various different listeners of the podcast in Germany and France and New Zealand and the UK and Iceland, Romania. Good to have all of you with us. And it's good to have all of you in the chat. I say, Dave Keeley, what about Cam? So, and Dave, I did get your email about the uh, about that commercial that you sent. That was that's rather that's rather funny. But Dollar Store Dollar Shave Club did it first. And it's funny, it's funny that that has come out because, uh, Mrs. Boss, I don't know if you've seen the, the, the new commercial that Daily Wire did for Jeremy's razor. Yeah. All right. So the, the story behind this one, I don't know exactly what's going on. Hello, Captain Trek. Good to see you in the chat as well. I, I, I've seen this commercial (coughs) and... The first time anybody did something like this was Dollar Shave Club, and I think they're probably giving a a little bit of a wink and a nod back to that. I actually have written a script for a promo for us to do something like that, 
but I don't know that we're ever going to do something like that. It was rather clever. But those kind of spots are very involved in terms of production. It takes a lot of people to make that thing happen the way it happens. And besides all that, I don't have a flamethrower. So, uh, one real quick bit <laughs> of news we're very excited about. Star Trek The Motion Picture, the Director's Edition. This is the remastered 4K, fully restored. I mean, this thing's pretty. This is very pretty. It's going to premiere on Paramount Plus on April 5th. But, for those of us who are real, real appreciative of the big screen, it is going to get a Fathom Events screening May 22nd and 25th. So... I know what I'm doing. I, um, I know what I'm going to do at the end of May. Yeah. Well, I mean, May 25th, that, that, would, be, that would be perfectly fine, right? Because there's nothing else happening on May 25th. Hmm. Is there? <clears throat> I think a little indie company's doing something, but I, I don't know. I think somebody's practicing his his hand wavium at the grocery store that day. So, uh, is this now? Is this a different version, or is this just the normal? This is okay. Style? So this is for those of you who are not aware, because there's like eight different versions. No, of this no, movie. there's two. I'm there's kidding. there's there's Star Trek the motion picture that was released theatrically in December of 1979. That film. Was not finished. Uh, there was such a rush, and there was such a a a panic because they went way over budget. They went way behind schedule. Everything was scramble, 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 and a lot of people know the story about <coughs> excuse me about Robert Wise coming in hiring uh, Douglas Trumbull to save the movie and and basically Trumbull's visual effects is what makes this movie actually kind of tie together but at the time this was such a last minute production that copy prints now this is back when they were doing everything on film the release prints of these films of these movies the cans were going out to the various different theaters and the the film was still wet in the can from the developer uh, chemicals. That's how that's how last minute, you know, this is the date of the release. We're not moving it. We can't move it. There's a mad scramble at the end to get these things done, and they shipped to the theater, coming straight out of the developer vat, and they were still wet in some cases. But it was still not complete. They never had a chance to do a final pass on the titles. That's why you get the little white card, you know, the white text on card, it just pops in. They never got a chance to finish that. They never got a sound mix. So the sound effects and all of the music and everything are just there. There's no, there's no sound effects. There's no, I mean, there's no sound mix. There's no final anything. It was just finish it up to this point and get it out. Right. And then, 
uh, the director's edition, they finally, you know, Robert Wise got to go back in, and uh, I think it was, I think it was 20 years later or, or 25 years later, and the the director of the movie, Robert Wise, am I boring you? No. Okay. No, no. All right. I had Just a late saying. night All last right. night. All right. So, so, so Robert Wise got together with a new crew that was able, they were able to finish it. Able to finish the visual effects, able to finish the, actually do a sound mix. And that was what got put out on DVD as the director's edition. And now what they're doing is they're going back in through the original negative of the film. And they did a brand new 4K scan. And they're restoring all of everything. So color, visuals, uh, processing, all all of that stuff. So this version has not been released this before. version has never been seen oh this is the brand new I'm final seeing... edition of the director's director's cut of star trek the motion picture and i am so looking forward to it because some of this stuff well, is really really because really you and i crazy. saw the was it the other director's cut on the big screen which is really cool the other director's cut well the first direct i mean we didn't see the original movie. We saw yeah, the, direct, no, we the saw, first director's cut. No, we saw cut. the we saw the theatrical edition in the in the, the in Oh, the we didn't see the director's director's cut. cut has never been on screen before. Oh, so you okay. look at you look at the trailer for some of this. Uh, let me see if I can get it to get it to play. It doesn't look like it's going to play. Let's see here. But uh, you look at the visuals of this. It is it is pretty. It is very. So that that was the theatrical version. I remember watching it in the theaters, and just that scene when the Klingons come in is just a jaw-dropping, amazing scene to see on the big screen. And the fact that I get to see this in 4K now, I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pop this up. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play the sound because I don't want to get dinged. But the the video of this, I mean, the video on YouTube doesn't do it justice, but this is the this is the trailer, and it's out there on Paramount Plus's uh, official YouTube channel now. I'm practicing self control <laughs> because I don't want to whistle into the microphone, but I'm having to like. It's well, that looks. It's good. pretty. <laughs> it's very very pretty. very pretty. I mean, the the visual effects have been tweaked a little bit. Um, you know some of the stuff that we've seen before, but some of the stuff uh, that San Francisco is shot even, was really good, even more enhanced. And this is the very first time, like it is, the very first time this thing has ever been on screen. Now, one thing I noticed, you see in this particular shot where the V'ger, the first V'ger probe, is on the bridge of the Enterprise. This is the very first time that it's had color. You see the, the, the blue and the purple around the edges of this thing. This is the first time this has ever been like this. Hmm. It's never looked like this before. And, it, you know, it's, it's, an, it's a little thing. But it's... That. Oh. I mean, look at that. Look oh. at that. This is... <laughs> I, and those of you who are listening to this as a podcast, you need to come back and look that at the video. Because really this, is, this is really, really, really Ooh. sweet. What? Uh, Whoa! Now, of course, the 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 Vulcan shots. Now, 
in the original movie, in the original movie, that is incredible. Vulcan did not look like this. Vulcan, you had the you had the 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 two things, the moons up in the in the sky and the thing, and yeah. it looked really, really, really terrible. And it also went against what Spock had said in, uh, I think, This Side of Paradise or something, basically saying Vulcan has no moons. Well, those were sister planets that were very, very close in orbit. That's how they explain it. But when they went back into the director's edition and they had, you know, you've got the shot of Spock looking up at the sun. So you're going to have a daylight shot, which didn't make sense in the beginning because in the original movie, in the theatrical cut... It, it, there's night, and yeah. he's walking up to the temple, and he looks up this guy, you know, and it didn't it didn't track. So this particular shot was put in there uh, to establish that it's daylight, it's bright, and Leonard Nimoy is not in this shot. Spock walking up to the the people is digital, <coughs> and it's. It's seamlessly integrated into I everything else. I want to say that Vulcan looks amazing. And it looks like the Vulcan that we got in 3 and beyond. That is not V'ger. That's V'ger. See, now, when you go back and you look at the, th- the theatrical editions, the the shape, that, that star shape, is in the graphics on the screens in on the bridge. But we never saw this. This is the actual spaceship. The cloud is generated by this spaceship. This is the V'ger craft that has been built around the probe. I, I had no idea about this, so you're getting my genuine excitement because and this is just the really director's cool. cut. This director's cut is the first time that we ever saw it because it, they never got to finish it. And you had this kind of a winky blinky in this in the 2001 edition in the actual director's cut that went went on dvd but now all of the effects have been enhanced it, i want and, after seeing that i want a 4k enhancement of wrath of khan but even then i mean and you look at the color it looks fantastic the color on this is just phenomenal this is something i don't think i've ever seen star trek the motion picture with so much color yeah it looks even fantastic the, even the the bland pajama uniforms they got color yeah that jump yeah. to warp, by the way, just looks fantastic. Yeah, we're very, very excited um, about this. I is it bad that I want to see a 4K version of Wrath of Khan now? Can you imagine the battle in the Matara Nebula? I w- in in looking like that. Look over in yeah. Where's that stack? Where's that? Um, so, where is that stack? Where's that? Where's that Star Trek stack? The the in the over there by the by the shelf on the floor. Right. Yeah, right there. Right there. There's a white box at the bottom of that stack. Because I want to say that there's already... Oh, that's the original series. Okay, yeah, never mind. Did we, did we not get a 4... Is there, is there a 4K of Star Trek Two coming? I was thinking that they already did that. I don't remember. Anyway. Anyway. So... Very, 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 very pretty. I'm still waiting for my Deep Space Nine 4K release. Um, <clears throat> uh, you're gonna keep yeah. waiting for a while for that. 
All right, so uh, so you, there's that. Also, yes, this note and Mrs. Voss has made a, made a, a comment in the chat. Uh, we got word today, Fan Expo Dallas in June. Gina Carano will be a guest. Oh, so I'm gonna have to send an email. Ooh. I'm gonna have to send an email and say, Why? "Hey, hey, uh, Fan Expo people." We'll see what happens, right? Hmm. I'll wear uh, I'll wear my hat. Shout out to Drunk Three PO. <clears throat> All right, but we are here to talk about Superman and Lois. I can't get these things <coughs> on. Okay, what? there we go. They're very awkward. Well, they're brand new. Do they do they fit you? I'm using. Right. I I wear headphones, so the little <laughs> the little hook over the ear, it's what's getting me. It can't. It, uh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Got yeah. it. Yeah. All right. So Superman. Yeah. Superman <laughs> and Lois. This is the eighth episode of the second uh, second season. Does it feel like we skipped an episode? No. I'm really. Not that's to me. how it, it it felt like that to me because the entire episode, I felt like we were forgetting something. And about halfway in, I went, "Oh yeah, Bizarro's dead." Yeah. There is no establishment, like, not establishment. There's nothing addressed there. Sure there is. It's right there no. at the beginning of the episode. When she's sitting there, when he's, when Anderson is on the other side and he's talking to Allie on the other side and she's and he says, Carlos, well, okay. not going to be a problem anymore. Okay. I killed him. Fine. It's right there at the beginning. That's, it's the first <sighs> scene. That's not what I meant. I mean, in in our world, our Clark doesn't address that at all. It's not addressed by anybody outside of Anderson to Alec, which I was like... They talked about that in the last episode, I thought. The last episode is where he died. Yeah. So, no, they didn't... They. That's what was bugging me about that episode, was that Clark didn't mention that Bizarro died to anybody besides Tal, and that it was never really... I don't know. Well, okay. I feel the, like there should be more of a... I don't know. I there feel doesn't like it should feel Well, bigger. it doesn't ha- necessarily have to be in the show right. all the time, every know. little bit. Because, you know, there's a passage of time. There are other things that, that go on in between and whatnot. I know, so. I know. It just felt a, a little weird that it was barely addressed. Okay. And I thought it was kind of weird that Allie and Anderson are just allies now. I was kind of waiting for at least a few episodes for them to go all buddy-buddy, but I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Well, Anderson is not... <clears throat> one of the worst-ridden villains I've ever seen. I just, I just he, need to say is, it. I'm sorry. He is one of the worst villains I've ever seen. But because he's a villain, it's... And you're, you're talking about him him uh, pairing up with, with Allie, as we saw in this episode... He's got his own agenda because he's not really working with her. He's using her. And we see that at the end when he gets the pendant and makes the jump into wherever it is that they go. So I actually think, by the way, spoilers for the episode. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't 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 listen. I think the alleys are actually working against each other. That's that's what I got was for some reason, I felt like it was a trap. Well, and when he made it through and kind of gave her that look, I mean, the other alley told him to come through. Yeah. 
she I think I think it was a trap. I don't get the impression that they're working against each other. Uh, well, but okay. I think what we're I think we're what we're running into is inverse alley, and the uh, and and our our universe alley. Well, let's call her Alley Prime, but they both have the same goal. But I think their their method to get there is different. I well, think what I if think they don't inverse have Allie, the same goal? Well, I think they do because they're both talking about merging with their other selves in order yeah. to ascend. Okay. But I think inverse Alley wants to pull Prime Alley into her, wants to absorb her. Not not that they're going to merge because. One one is probably going to be a, that, that implies that one could be dominant over the other. Yeah. If Prime Alley gets pulled into the Inverse Universe and merges with Inverse Alley, then that personality is likely to be the dominant out of the two. Right. So it could be a power struggle between the two alleys who both have the same goal, but each of them wants to be in charge of the merge. Right. Okay. <coughs> At least that's a theory. I mean, who knows? We're going to, yeah. we're going to find out, but, um, crisis. That was cool. What? We got to see crisis on infinite earths when that's how Natalie escaped. That's the, uh, antimatter ribbon from the crossover. But that didn't happen during the first Superman and Lois season. About a year ago. It didn't, you know, but Crisis on Infinite Earth didn't happen. I mean, Superman no. and Lois didn't, Superman and Lois didn't happen until after the crisis. Right. So that's not the crisis ribbon. Y yes, it is. It was, it's, they escaped during crisis and she was there in hibernation for six months in an empty space between worlds and he made it to our earth right right when it was being reborn or something so yes that's the same when, so when, when was that established on the monitor that's that's the exact same screen the exact same uh not diagram um it's the same screen that was used in crisis well, it, when it's showing that ribbon approaching, that's that's the antimatter ribbon. Because when you see it, it's wiping out the stars as it's going down. So okay. it was a did, It was. I it was. I didn't get that. But uh, also, a bunch of reviewers are saying that it's the crisis thing. So I mean, <laughs> I'm assuming it is. And the fact that she was in an empty void for six months kind of makes sense that she. I don't know. I, I think well, it was the crisis oh, thing. Okay. That, that makes sense. Well, I I suppose it does. Uh, it's not it's not something that I got just as an obvious thing, but I was I guess I wasn't looking for it. Well, I mean, I thought it was crisis in season one when we saw that big energy red wave. I'm like, oh, that just looks like the antimatter wave. What? Oh, for when John Henry crossed over. <clears throat> Because there was that big red energy yeah. wave Maybe. that's wiping everything out. That kind of just, you know, 
it's possible. It's possible. I mean, I there are. I guess maybe it's one of those things where the older I get the less I'm paying attention to those itty-bitty details. Well, so. it's also because we are getting a canon crossover between everything this summer in a comic book event. The CW has announced <laughs> that Superman and Lois, The Flash, Stargirl, Batwoman, are all going to be getting an issue, and it's going to be canon to the Arrowverse TV shows and it's going to result in the final it's either going to be five issues or six each show gets an issue and then the final is going to be this big crossover between everybody where did you see about that? it's everywhere DC it's it's even on their official Instagram yeah I will have to look the cover art for the Flash comic looks fantastic no because it, they're giving it to Bart Nora, which I'm very excited for. Well, that's not really Bart Nora, you know. I know. But I like it. They're, they're actually very good. DC Comics. Yeah, I was surprised when they announced Stargirl is going to be part of it. Is it this? No. It was announced a while ago. Well... I'd say about three, four months ago. I have not heard anything about this. Yeah. All right. Well, I will have to look. I will have to look for it. Well, you might because maybe look it up now. It. Just to I make am sure looking. I'm, I'm looking no, no, right no, no, now no, no, on their no. Instagram I mean, thing. I mean, just on Google, I mean, because I don't want to be wrong live. <laughs> oh, let's see. I'll tell you what, we'll do this. We'll take a break, and when we come back, we will figure this kind of thing out. We will uh, continue our discussion of Superman and Lois. Right after this, don't go anywhere. SciFiForMe.com, where all of us have secret identities. Hi everyone, Jason Hunt here, inviting you to join us every Saturday for news. Science fiction, fantasy, and horror headlines from the week, plus interviews, updates on events going on around the world, and the weather forecast for the same. It's all wrapped up in one neat package for your weekend. We call it Good Morning Multiverse. Every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 Central, right here on Sci-Fi for Me TV. Foreign Bodies, Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern, only on Sci-Fi for Me TV. Back live from the bunker. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. Right? We are talking the Superman and Lois uh, eighth episode of, of the second season here, Into Oblivion. 
and okay, so we've got we've got an article. This is from comicbook.com, uh, talking about this new this new thing here. We've got uh, renewals for the seasons for Flash and Superman and Lois and all that. But here is uh, June 2022 solicitation for the Earth Prime comic book. Um, story set in 2049. So it's going to have Nora and Bart, but it's this is the CW versions of Nora and Bart. So I believe that's going to be issue number three. That's going to be issue number five. Oh, okay. We'll pull that up there so people can see that. Now, it is said that the villain can wipe out the age of heroes. In, in in the description of the final comic book, everybody will be brought together and they will face a threat like none other, apparently. Ooh, spooky. Ooh, I hope it's not Darkseid. Uh, it won't be. They won't waste Darkseid on a TV show. No, it would be a comic book. <laughs> um, yeah, but the comic book is I'm, the TV show tie-in, right. so they're not going to waste Darkseid. But I am I am kind of wondering, who who has the ability to wipe out the Age of Heroes? If you're not lazy and doing Anti-Monitor again. Ooh. Well, there's that. I mean, you could do it. You could do anti monitor. You could you do could. Um, Mongol. Maybe Mongol would be good for a crossover. Maybe I don't know. Um. So I need to say something. Right. I Lois is an idiot in this episode, and here's why: Pulitzer Prize winner could not figure out Lucy's lie. Which was the most bull lie ever. Because the reason they thought Lucy was dead mm-hmm. is because Superman found the phone in her apartment. Well, the lie that <coughs> Lucy gives is they took my phone away from me and that's why I couldn't get in touch with anybody. They, okay. And I'm sitting there like... But they did take the phone away from everybody because they took the phone away from... Yes, from but they found right? Lucy's phone in her apartment. Remember? There was a remote text that was sent out. Mm-hmm. So, how was her phone taken away from her if it's in her apartment the whole time? Well, if they take the phone from her and then take it back, they no. take it back to where they I'm just saying. Because her story is, they took my phone, I don't have it anymore. Right. That's why I couldn't get in touch with anybody, and I was lost. The phone was in the apartment, so it was an obvious lie. And the fact that no, the head of the DOD and a Pulitzer Prize winner okay. couldn't figure that out. Okay. Flip side of that, flip side of that is Pulitzer Prize winning journalist and military officer both are emotionally compromised because this is family. Okay. That's one. Two, they're emotionally compromised because they have a blind spot where it comes to Allie. Allie has triggered things there. And number three, they think she's dead. Okay. And now she shows up and she's alive. So, Fair. okay, right. there's a All little right. bit of turmoil there. And I and I know there's some, there's some back and forth. But you can but get where, why I'm sitting there going, why can't they figure out that's a lie? Because... 
And because William. Clark walks in, he's the guy who found the phone earlier. Yeah, but, you know, again, okay. we're okay. relieved that you're alive. We're so glad you're alive. All right, fair enough. And for all for all they know, when they came to pick Lucy up, they took the phone from her and put it down and they all left. I take your phone, it doesn't necessarily mean I keep your phone. I just take it from you so you don't have it. I set it down on the way out. You know, that wouldn't work because she didn't have her phone for hours. She was gone from the apartment. They took her to wherever it is that they're going to put all the suits on and everything else. Then they go pick up everybody else. She didn't have her phone with her for hours. It still works. But she said she didn't get in the van. She had to put on the hazmat suit somewhere. No, she said there was a bunch of people in hazmat. She wasn't there. How do we know? Because she said she wasn't. She was the the um the fall, the 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 fail safe. And she right. wasn't there because but, she but would have been one of the survivors revealed. that yeah, Superman not, saved. Well, I'll, I'll okay, yeah. remember that whole place is full of lead. So if I'm if I'm Superman and I'm looking around in the mines and I can't see anything, I can't see anything because there's lead. X-ray vision doesn't work there. So all she's got to do is she's got to pull back and she's got to walk off to the side and nobody can find her. Okay. If if you want to if you want to figure out a way to make it work. Fine. So So anyway, and and there's not a reveal that Lucy is the failsafe until the end of the episode when she drugs her dad, knocks him out to get his to get his access badge to go get Allie out of Hawk. Yeah. So the other parts of this, you've got uh, more more family drama with with Kyle and Lana, mm-hmm. and they're I like kind it. of kind of not really reconciled, but they're they're resigned to the the situation as it stands, and Kyle's helping her prep for her debate for the for the mayor's race. Mm-hmm. And then we have um, Jordan and Sarah. Yeah, and Sarah is like, "Well, you know, I'm 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 talking to Aubrey because Aubrey's gone through this, and she's a friend of mine, and I want us all to get along and be friends, and it not be awkward." And Jordan's like, mm, "I'm not not sure." But he finally agrees to it because he got distracted because he caught Candace getting yelled at from her her pusher her dealer who's after her for his money he's like i want my money and so we get this confrontation at the end between i think his name is ricky Uh, drives a fancy car and uh, has an ex ex kryptonite inhaler so on the way home uh he confronts candace and jonathan and jonathan of course doesn't have powers at this point and jordan comes to save the day which I, I really like that. I mean, I I, I want to say, <laughs> you, you know that... what, Ricky Ricky should have said, "I want my two dollars." <laughs> Nobody's gonna, gonna get that. I know, know, but you know, if you're of an age, you will. <clears throat> um, I really need to say, all these oh. actors are just too good. They're th- this is probably one of the best. I don't know if I want to say the best superhero cast, but it's a solid. It's the, cast, one yeah. of definitely one of the strongest. 
it's a it's this a good is cast. such yeah. this and Daredevil have probably the best some of the best superhero <laughs> castings. I I, uh, I I I the kid playing Jonathan is maybe the weakest out of yes. the out of the out of all of the kids. I'm, I'm so glad somebody else is saying it because for some reason every reaction, every review I see, everybody loves Jonathan, and I'm sitting here going, but Jordan's. First off, Jordan's a better written character. He we all thought we were going to hate Jordan. We all thought this was going to be some punk There's emo still time. kid. Yeah, well, that's true. And 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 he wasn't. And and it wasn't. It wasn't done poorly. It was done really well. And he smiles, and it's great. And then when you've got Jordan basically becoming the good kid, which Jonathan was supposed, what kind of where they were going with Jordan's the problem child. Jonathan's mm, the good right, kid. Right. And now Jordan has all the charisma, and Jonathan's just kind of, you know. There, no. and they, and and there's not much for him to do, and he kind of feels like, oh, that's why he's doing extra tonight. Well, <laughs> he does feel he does feel like the weakest link. I think probably what's going to happen with Jonathan, there we're we're gonna get one of two things. Either <sighs> I think you and I are both thinking the same there's, thing. There's three possibilities. Can one, I one? Can I guess what one of those is? Can I guess what one of them is? Free time. He's not in school anymore. He I, doesn't oh, work I'm, with. He I'm talking doesn't about work ultimately with, with the character. He, no, I mean like he does work with Dad. He he becomes Superboy somehow. Jonathan. I mean, they. they Jonathan doesn't have powers at this point. I know, Jordan but does. but we, you still had to remember. There's that behind the scene. Sorry. There's that behind-the-scenes photo of Jonathan in a costume. Yeah, I know. So I'm I wondering, know. do you think he'll... What I'm thinking, uh, one, one of three possibilities. Well, that that particular picture, that could be Jonathan on the other side. I'm hoping could it be, is. But it's not in reverse, so... Well, they might just flip the shot. They could right? flip the shot. My thinking is there are three possibilities here. One, at some point, Jonathan ends up dead. Two... Jonathan ends up with powers that have been latent and they didn't pop in until the ex-Kryptonite activated them and eventually he comes into his powers the same way Jordan did. Or three, uh, it it becomes a thing where he just, uh, okay, I don't have powers and I'm okay with that and I'll go do something, I'll go find my own thing to do. Um, because that's, I don't, I don't see Jonathan turning into a villain of any kind, you no. know, with the resentment and everything, because these kids were raised fairly well. Because he doesn't even seem resentful. He just seems, there's a, there's sorry. a little of that, but I think there's <laughs> also, there's also some, there's also some regret that he even had a moment of jealousy with regard to Jordan because Jordan's going through a lot and dealing with having powers and, and Jonathan sees that struggle and he's like, Oh, maybe I shouldn't give him a hard time so much. Yeah. So we'll see. I don't know. And, and you know, long term, I'm leaning toward eventually Jonathan gets his powers and we have the Superman family. I wouldn't mind if Jonathan died. <laughs> well, I mean, 
it it that would that it would, would be a little. I think it would be crossing a line. I don't. It think depends they, on how it's done because if Jonathan sacrifices himself, that's one thing. But I think the other part of that is from a story standpoint. Because they're making a they're making a thing about Jonathan and Jordan being the fraternals, you know, making yeah. them making them the you know partners in crime. I don't were. want to see one of the sons die, and here's why: because the actors are way too good that it would well, be too depressing <laughs> and painful to watch. Yes, but it would uh, it would mirror what Clark had to go through when his dad died because yeah. and that's something that you know the Zack Snyder, Joss Whedon, all of, all of the current crop of people making the the big superhero things that's one of the reasons why nobody understands Superman. Yeah. Because he didn't have that moment. Uh you know, the, you get it in the first in the first movie in in 78 and it's one line all those powers, all those things I can do, and I couldn't yeah. save him. And and that humbles Clark in a way that we haven't seen in modern interpretations of it. Not getting blown into in, a tornado. Except mm-hmm. in this show. Yeah. This show, we get Clark like he's always been portrayed, where mm-hmm. you know he understands that there are limits to what he can do. And we don't have that in the in the films, and we should because, you know, that's that whole great power comes you know, with with great power. There must also come great responsibility. But the other part of that is, you know, yeah, that's the Spider-Man thing. But the Superman aspect of this is that he learned early on with the death of his father that he couldn't he couldn't use his powers to save everyone and fix everything. And it's and it's that it's that experience that puts perspective on everything that he does after yeah. that. I also want to say um the scene when Clark comes in excuse me and he's on the phone <laughs> and Lois on the couch and he kind of starts tickling her and he goes, mm. oh, "They bought the house." And 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 they're excited and they're It's a rental. Okay. But okay, go ahead. But but he's like he said yes, and they're going back and forth. I'm like, this is done right. And and the for some reason the scene I thought of was that bathtub scene and Batman v Superman mm. when when he just walks into the tub for uh-huh. for some reason it, it it's how it was shot when it Clark walks in and Lois is over yep. there and and I'm like. A loving couple. Wow, mm. that's that's so that's so weird. And and I'm like, there's just so many things that are done right, even the little things, that you just you you look back on those other movies and go, I, was it hard? Was it difficult? Yes, like it why? Is. And 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 a big part of that. And Amy Adams and Henry Cavill are not bad actors. No, they're they're not. And and not to get too deep in the weeds in terms of of Hollywood politics here, but this is one of the reasons why there's been such a hue and cry and a hullabaloo over the whole truth, justice, of the American way thing. Because 
that is who Superman is. He's been raised in the Midwest, and he's got a family that's been intact. You know, his parents are not divorced. He's not a latchkey kid. He's not part of a broken home. He doesn't. He's not an orphan like Bruce Wayne is. He hasn't had to go through those struggles. He has been with parents who love him and have taught him to respect other people and, and treat people the way he wants to be treated and all of that stuff. And that's almost akin to holding up a crucifix in front of a vampire for some of these people. They just really do not want... Healthy. Well, it's, it's not that. It's Superman represents Judeo-Christian family values in a way that these people just don't understand, don't want to understand. They don't want a character like that. It's one of the reasons why they don't like Superman, why they don't understand Superman. They want to they deconstruct. And, and, you know, the whole alien aspect that Zack Snyder leaned into, that's not Superman. And I've said this before. Out of the three, you've got Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, the three out of the Trinity. Wonder Woman is the alien. alien. Because (laughs) she has absolutely no interaction, no understanding. She's completely outside. That's that's everybody's new drinking game. (laughs) (laughs) Every time you say Wonder Woman's the alien. Superman is is the adopted son. He's the you know, he's yes, he was the he was the refugee, he's the immigrant or whatever, but he's integrated into society. And 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 that's the other part of this. The other aspect of this is When immigration works and you have people that come to this country and they want to be a part of this country, they want to be citizens of this country, up until a certain time period, recent time period, immigration involves assimilation. Immigration involves, I'm coming to this country, I'm now going to live in this country, I'm going to be a part of this country, I'm going to learn the language, I'm going to learn the customs and all this other stuff. Whereas the last 10, 15, 20 years, there's been this big push to keep everybody separate. You've got your identity, and 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 all of this. And it's okay for you to bring your heritage with you. And there's nothing wrong with with maintaining your heritage, but you have to assimilate into the American society. And Superman is a representative of that. Yes, he's a refugee. Yes, he's an adopted son. He's not native American. He's not native to America. He was he was not born here. He he's he's an immigrant. He's a refugee. Okay, fine. Because that's what they use, you know, with the whole border crisis and stuff. Right. But Superman also is assimilated into American society. And that whole truth, justice, the American way thing reflects that. And, and people just have a, have a conniption fit over that because of what Superman represents. And that's one of the reasons why they have such a problem telling that story because they don't want that to be part of that character anymore. So, well, (laughs) It's part of that character, and it's doing great. It is doing great on the CW. <laughs> yeah, they get it, and and, they do. and I gotta say, you know, Todd, I've, I I will attribute that to Todd Helbing. He knows um, what he's doing. He seems to. So. They need a better costume, but they know what they're doing. Mm. 
I, I, I don't. I like this costume better than I did the other ones. Mm, I, I, the like little Apagu- I like it. I like it more. Pagu- it's a little gold. The gold pieces on the on the thing like from before. One, yeah. I didn't like that one at all. I. This show has given us the best on-screen costume, and we're never going to see it again. It was the Max Fleischer one. That is, without a doubt, the best on-screen Superman costume to exist. Um, it, it, it's it's I, so I don't good. know that you say it's the best one on-screen really? ever. I like the one that Reeve wore. Uh, Chris Reeve had a good one. And I like Chris Reeve. And Chris Reeve's costume was the costume for the comic books. Yeah. And even in when you look at the John Byrne reboot from 86, that's the costume. Actually, I take that back. It was a Kingdom Come suit, I think, in my opinion. It's probably the best. That was it's, really... I mean, Alec, Alex Ross has some great artwork. No, I mean, I mean, Come, I mean the <coughs> one Brendan Routh wore. Right. I mean, for like on-screen appearances. Well, I, that's, it's, that's not that's bad. Also it's not bad. It's not bad. I like the Fleischer one better than the Kingdom Come one. Mm. But... Yeah, okay. um, I don't know. There was yeah. something about the Fleischer one that looks like it could have been worn by Reeves. Reeve. Yeah. Because it's got that same kind of fa- My mom fabric look. Yeah. 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 And 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 there is something to that. I I don't know what it is about modern superhero costume design or or for that matter, you look at Star Trek and this obsession with the shape that was the 90s. the shapes in the costume you know because you look at the new star trek the new star trek universe oh, the with strange the little, new worlds with the little they delta they got the they got yeah. the little deltas textured into the shoulders so i'm like why are you doing that that's stupid hey can i it's absolutely stupid and, you know oh, the whole oh. the whole thing with the superman suit you remember the, the and all this other you stuff. remember dumb, what they did with superman dumb, returns did you see the boots what Look up Superman Returns boots. Just, just, you're going to sit there and go, why am I doing this? And then you're going to see it and you're going to probably want to throw something. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, um, oh, to change the subject real quick. Yes. We mentioned Star Trek. Paul Wesley as Kirk. Uh, Bad idea? Yes. Okay. Okay. It's not the boots. It's underneath. Sorry. It's, it's the feet. It's the soles of the feet. The, you know, the, the soles. Soul, of the the soles of the boots. You need to see the soles of the boots, and everybody watching this needs to see the soles of the boots. Just go to images. Um, Just go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's dirty. Well, maybe I'm thinking of the wrong thing. There is a boot that was made for the movie. Look up. Look up the 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 bottom because it was. Made with um, every inch of it is covered with an S, and they made it specially for the movie. There's a bunch of S's on the boots, but you never see it. Well, that's and I saw, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a bunch of um, S's on it, and it looks really terrible. And I can't, I don't see it. So, oh, 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 you just passed it. What? Down a little bit. That. Yeah. On the left. All right. That's what it was. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it was terrible. It's dumb. Yeah. It's dumb looking. Yes. 
It's also something that nobody can see because I haven't pulled it up and, and shown you. I'm sorry. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, they have the... Yeah. yeah. Keely asks, uh, can anyone imagine seeing the George Reeves costume of today? Uh, I, I, I can. I mean... I mean, George it's... Reeves' costume was not that much different from Christopher Reeves. The 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 S shield was a little bit different. Um, I think the fabric was different, of course, because the the thing is with with that one, and you may be surprised to find that in the original Star Trek, uh, the the shirt, the command shirts were not actually gold. It, you mean the uh, the sweater ones, right? From no, no, no. The cage? no. I'm talking about I'm talking about the the ones that Kirk Spock, the, you know, the red, blue and green. Oh, uh, okay. The red, blue and, and and gold. Yeah. The gold was not actually gold. It wasn't green. It's more it's more t- it's it leans a little bit more toward a green. The reason it shows up as gold is because of how it, how the show was lit. Is that why Kirk sometimes wore just a straight green shirt? No, that was, was there that? just to give him oh, okay. another another outfit. But the 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 way it was lit, the the gold shirt is not actually gold. If you look at some of the photographs that James Colley has uh, with some of the original fabric, it's not that deep, rich gold that you see on TV because of the lighting. And uh, you know, same same kind of thing. If you were looking at George Reeves' costume up against Christopher Reeve's costume, then you've got, you know, different fabric because it's shot a different way. It's a different film stock and all of that because the, the costume that he wore for black and white is different from the costume he wore when the show went to color. Can I ask a stupid question? There are no stupid questions. When it was shot in black and white, was the suit the same color scheme? Well, or did they just kind of throw fabrics together, not worrying about the color because it's black and white? Well, no. There's, there's a. Oh wait, no, a, no, no. He, th- it was a blue and red suit because he made not for, appearances not in black and oh. white. Not in black and white because the suit has to be a certain color tone. So what color was it? I mean, if you see here, and let me let me see, pull this up here. You can see this. Uh, oh, I don't want to log in. But if you if you look at this here on the on the monitor, the the tone is much more subdued, yeah. and subtle. The contrast is what they're going for. It because, doesn't look like there's any yellow on the shield. Well, it's it's it, there's not because yellow doesn't show up in black and white. Right. Because this is made for black and white film as opposed to this one here. Oh, come on. Uh, this one here, which was made for color. So they they made a brand new costume when when the show went to color. Because you see here, the S is different from what what we saw in the other one. Besides the S, I mean, it would work. I mean, that suit right there, I like the look of it. Except that's that's the black and white suit. I, it doesn't have any color to it. Add, add yellow to that shield, it would look good modern day. Mm. I, I, because, I mean, everything's saturated now. I like it. Anyway, all right. So <laughs> where do you think we're going from here? I don't know. I mean, 
there's a line that Clark says, and it's, you don't have to worry about me leaving. I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. And I'm kind of sitting there going. Uh, what? Was nothing wrong with that line. I don't know. The, the doomsday line that Lois gave earlier this season, now him saying, I'm not going anywhere. I am. I. I don't know. We're not getting. We're no, not I don't getting think we're getting doomsday. I don't no, think we're getting we're doomsday getting at this doomsday. point. I don't want it to be. But I feel like something's going to happen to Clark. There will be something that happens for the season finale, of course, because we've got a renewal for season three. Right. So the show will be back. <clears throat> so they could do a cliffhanger. They could. I That'd don't cool. think. I don't think it'll be any kind of a life-threatening thing on Clark. Um, it might, but it might not. I don't know. I mean, we didn't even really get into to John Henry and Natalie. Um, I think that's the weakest of all of the stories that we've got so far. Yeah. Um, just because. Well, also because they kind of just forgot about it. Well, it's not really forgotten. They're re they're reintegrating those characters back yeah. into the storyline. So that we're picking back up because John Henry has been injured. He's been in a hospital. Okay, fine. Now we're able to pick that back up. Because one, Bizarro's gone, so we don't have to deal with that. Threat Maybe. Anymore. Well, for now, he could have been lying to Talro. He's dead. Alex, yeah, uh, uh, what's his name? Mitchell Anderson. Anderson Whatever. killed him. So Bizarro's dead. Bizarro's gone. So that whole storyline folds into now Alley, and so you've got room for another B story, C story that has Natalie and John Henry coming back into everything that's going on. So, Do you think she's going to suit up at the end of this season or do you think they're going to wait until next season? Natalie? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We've only got, what, two episodes left? Oh, How many episodes no, are no, there? No, this no, is no. the 13. eight. 13. 13? Well, maybe. I want to know where's Clark because I watched... Oh, yeah. So there is a teaser for next week's episode. Mm. I want to say it's called 40 Nights. I could be wrong. Um, <clears throat> Superman's missing. Um, nobody knows where Clark is. Uh, Superman has not made an appearance. It's called 30 Days, 30 Nights. I'm wondering if he's going to go to the mirror dimension. That'd be he, cool. He might get pulled in to chase Anderson there, possibly. <gasps> Ooh. Because Anderson went through. Okay. Hear me out. Mm -hmm. What if, for some reason, Jonathan gets pulled in too? And that's what we're seeing with that behind, with that behind the scenes. Oh, no. That wouldn't make sense. Because well, I was about to see, say... Could he buy it? No, he wouldn't get power here's, from Red Here's Sun. the thing. Hmm. The assumption is that the people that got sucked through the vortex are dead. We don't know that for sure. All we know is when they went through, they were screaming, ah, yeah. and then they disappeared. We don't know that they're dead. Hmm. It well, could very well be that they were just like, oh, this hurts. Oh, okay. I'm on the other side. I'm fine. Also, I do want to say, I'm really happy to see a breach in this. I got way more excited than I should have, but but I'm like, hey, cool. We could see one of the portals from mm. The Flash. And it looks, by the way, the budget for this show, just that shot of all of them looking at the breach was just incredible. 
and Superman flying in to save them. That that shot was so some, good. Yeah, some of the effects are pretty good in this. My my opinion. Here here's what I feel about the show. No. The effects are fantastic. The green screen is terrible. <laughs> the, it's it's the, well okay. The there are some really effects, amazing visuals, but some of the green screen is just. I, it's funny because awful. I saw I saw some people talking about the new Halo series over on on. Is uh, that H- out? Is it HBO Max? Apple, no, it's Paramount. It's Paramount. Paramount. And some people are saying that it looks like it has CW budget effects. <laughs> like it's a bad thing, and they're like, okay. That well, and and if you have, if you only have a a, a particular uh, a particular amount of money per episode, then you gotta you gotta figure out where best to spend it. And sometimes sometimes the effects get uh, get short shrift because you only have so much time to to do however many passes you gotta do on this stuff. Right. So yeah, it's. Uh, I, the effects have held up for me. I haven't seen anything really that screams cheap. Yeah. So. Oh. I want to say. Yeah. This was a complaint I had the other week. Um, I really hope for season three we get a good villain. I've been. I like this show. But the villains have been super underwhelming for me. The whole overarching thing has not really been working. I I forget that Allie's the villain. Mm-hmm. Whenever she appears, I'm like, oh right, she's in the show. <clears throat> well, Mi- Mitchell is just terrible, and they wasted Bizarro. So I I said, I'm tired of them always trying to drag out villains. Well, the flat, they're not oh, they're not dragging out the villains though, well, because up until like this it. point, Bizarro was the threat. Allie was kind of off on the yeah. on the side. Now she comes to the forefront as the new threat, but Anderson is also a threat. Well, is that being done well? In my opinion, I haven't been... I've been whelmed. I've not been overwhelmed. I've not been entirely underwhelmed, but I've not been impressed. And I'm... um, I watched The Flash last night. Yeah. I got home. I'm bored. I'm tired. I'm like, eh, there's a new episode of Flash out. Mm Mm-hmm. It is good. Okay. And, and 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 there's no there's no overarching villain yet. We've not had a the big bad we've been doing villain of the week and it's been working. And 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 there's something so almost relaxing to just see individual stories where it's like oh we're Still on the alley thing. We're still on this well, thing. Well, now, and, okay, and, because we haven't we haven't been on the same thing every episode, and that's something we talked about before. Because they don't, they're not drawing out a bunch of different things. They do it, and they get to it, and they're done, and move on. I guess I don't know how to phrase it correctly. It, okay, so with the Flash, what's been going on is everything is new in a way. Yeah, we got eight episodes. The first villain was Despero. Awesome. Then we got the reverse flash. Mm. That was awesome. And we, in that in that crossover, and in not last week's episode, but the week before, we got the Royal Flush Gang. Oh, there, nice. Which, really done well. And yeah. I think they're going to make a Mezo Ace, which is really cool. But that's for later. Um, 
That'll be different. <clears throat> they have powers, and it's done really well. And they've got the powers from like the animated series, which I thought was pretty cool. And they even had the casino episode. You with... mean the powers that they have from the comic book? <laughs> Sorry, um, but no. They and they even have a casino, kind of like they did in uh, the animated series with the Joker episode. The thing, the and, thing that you're looking for, and and, and just random villains every now and then, and it's not, it's not sticking. It's not committed. Well, that's what it is. Part of the part of that is the if you don't have a credible villain, then it's hard to take her seriously. And Allie, right. I think so far has not proven to be a credible villain. I think the actress I, is great. I think we're going to get more of that, but I don't think because now you know Lucy's going to go in and break her out, and now she's going to. I have the power, or whatever, and and now she's going to be. This is going to be the final. The what? We're eight. We're eight in, so we got five. So here's our third act. We're we're going into the third act, which is the big final confrontation. And so Allie's going to become the big threat past this. No, I just and need I just so. need a few episodes where it's just no big threat. No. Yeah, I think I think it's, it's a superhero show. Okay, okay. You're gonna have a threat. Not what I meant. It's. I think it's commitment's the right word. They're committed to a specific storyline, a specific mm. way it's gonna go, the yeah. specific villains that are gonna show up, and it's like, or just do well, something they have different. to have that before they ever start shooting. Yeah, you know that, right? Know. They do have a plan. I know. I miss. Right. I just like how Flash is doing it. Because right. we're we get the few episodes and then we're gonna get the big bad. I don't I don't want to just commit to this big season long storyline. I want some episodes where it's just has nothing to do with that and it works. Like you know it'd be perfect for a Superman Superman you, you and Lois. Do know, we get we you do get, know they're not making shows like that anymore, right? They haven't for the last And that's why the Flash years. made me mad because it was done so well. Mm. We we get, we got a comedy episode with one of the villains, and it's so hysterical. And I'm sitting there going, what be perfect is you do a season three or season four, and you do Brainiac is the big bad. But you say that, but he's going to be the one that has multiple episodes. So you save him for episode four or five, and you let those few episodes just let the family breathe, have some good moments... Do do maybe a villain for two episodes. You do one of those as Mixie Espit like because that would be good. That'd be fun. And if you have a family episode with Mixie Espit like you, you get Warwick Davis in there and it, you do kind of like a Q episode from Next Generation where mm. where you have just a fun episode. Sure, and then but... and then you, you you maybe maybe have a maybe have a live wire episode because she's not going to be a season. Long. Parasite shouldn't be a season long villain, but I'm not even going to no, say that. No, I, I will um, agree with you there. But there are but there are if, villains but, that should not be season long. If Parasite is, should not be the season long villain, and she kind of hasn't been, I, I she could be, and she could be a setup leading into another villain for the next season. I would I would be totally on board with Brainiac being an, being the big antagonist for really want to see Brainiac because we're both fans of Brainiac. Okay, I don't know that's like? going to happen. But 
one can hope. I hope. I don't know. I've just found the villains boring. Tal, I think Talro's actor is good, but just villain with Superman powers. It's mm-hmm. been done to death. It's tiring. Yes, yes it has. Been Anderson, very much done you're to death. forcing him to be the bad guy. <laughs> there is not a speck of it, good writing when it comes to this character. Right. He's he's I just made to be the bad guy. And Parasite Anderson well, Anderson performs a function. He's he's one of these what I call a functional character. He ha- he serves a purpose to get us from point A to point B in in a particular way. And it, all he is 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 the useful NPC of the of the thing. And I don't I don't like the right I don't like the writing for that character. I don't like the story for that character. But now that he's got the pendant and he's crossed over, does he become the big bad guy? Here's the other here's the other aspect. Oh, of I that. was wondering if, the same thing. What if he becomes the big threat going into the last five episodes? Oh, you know and, that's and how it's gonna out. go. You, I, you, I also want to know why Allie has his desk. That's that's something that's bugging me. I don't know. Is she at you at the beginning? Well, they even have his name. Yeah, yeah, I, on I, the I desk. I'm that. like, why, why? Why is? I want to know what's going on there. And I really hope they address that. And I really hope we get. I think we'll get. Something we need on an that episode with Bizarro episode. again. We, I need backstory. I need to know what happened. Well, we may I get a know flashback. Where he came from. And yeah, because because this episode established that they're they're they have they have a connection of some sort. So it would make sense to have some kind of flashback next episode to give us a little bit more of that, like what you're talking about. Me? Ooh, what if the Go ahead. trailer for next week's episode, Superman Missing? Is the mirror uh, version? I don't know. Maybe there's something going on there. We get a flashback there. We will find out when we see the next episode next week. No more breaks. Is that uh, we're going all the way through, huh? I don't know if they're going to do a mid-season thing, but for now, if there's only if there's only five more episodes, then yeah. yeah. All right, so we will uh, we will await the next episode and make our notes and be back next week to talk about it. Uh, good Lord willing, and the creek don't rise, and we'll we'll do this all again. Uh, if you are not connected with us on socials, uh, there's all the social platforms where we are uh, present and accounted for. We're on a number of uh, video platforms as well. You can sign up for our newsletter over at sci-fi4me.com or in the notes for today's show. And if you have material that you would like for us to review, a book or short film, a comic book or something like that, uh, you can mail that to us. You just do a screen grab right there. There's our mailing address. If you would like to support this this channel uh, financially, there's a couple of ways you can do that with the PayPal tip jar and subscribe star. And we will do this all again. Don't forget, coming up on Saturday, we've got Good Morning Multiverse at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 Central, with the week's headlines in sci-fi, fantasy, and horror, as well as the weather forecast and event updates. We'll have policy uh, policy changes for some of these events that are, that are changing their masking and vaccination policies, so we'll have an update there. And then we'll do this all again next week. We do have some guests coming up for this show throughout the week. 
uh, H2O podcast. We'll be back Monday night. We're going to be talking about the challenge of recasting characters. So tune in for that. That'll be at 9 p.m. Eastern. And then uh, back here next Thursday to talk more Superman and Lois. So thanks very much, everybody, for being here. Uh, I will leave you with this thought. The one thing that travels faster than bad news is coffee. And there are four lights. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2022 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. 